Welcome to the Dramatic Illusion Podcast, a podcast that needs cleaned out more than a chalkboard eraser. Welcome to the Dramatic Illusion Podcast. We are your hosts, Lorraine. And I'm Amanda. And she's tired as fuck. So yes, we're going to have to. Yeah. <laughs> Disregard my, my zero voice. It's been a long uh, 12 hour plus shift today. So yeah. a bitch is tired. A bitch is yeah, real tired. She's ready to call her a night. But, uh, you know, we're recording for you guys. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, we are continuing our back to school stuff and I have a case for you and it's actually going to be split into two. So, um, my case is not about a person, but multiple people. Yeah. And, uh, you've been dangling, dangling this in front of me for like over a week now. So I'm really excited to hear what the hell this is all about. Yes. But, uh, before we get started, um, anything dramatic this week? Oh, just working my life away per usual. <laughs> you know, nothing too exciting. Yeah. Just keeping it, you know, straight and narrow path, I guess. I don't fucking right. know. Making that money, I guess. Yeah, I've got to save up for Vegas, man. That's true. The juice will be worth the squeeze, right? <laughs> right, yes. Yeah, no pulp, so. though. I don't want no fucking pulp in there. Oh, I'll take the pulp. The pulp's Gross. okay. I will bring a strainer. I like to chew, I like to chew my orange juice. That's fucking <laughs> disgusting, <laughs> dude. Gross. Okay. Um. So now I'm How thoroughly about- grossed out. <laughs> Perfect. How about you? Any dramatic things? What was the most dramatic thing you did this week? Um. Well, my dog keeps peeing on the floor, in the same spot. Mm. Over and over and over again. So we're trying to devise a plan where she doesn't pee on the carpet. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah, it's, um, she's, oh, you know, she's eight and a half. She's got allergies now. She's on steroids. She's got a whole list of shit going on. So, you know, Dang. eight and a half, nine hours a day. You don't go to the bathroom. Something's got to give, right? Right, right. So, gotta get puppy pads. We have, um, you know, she's 70 pounds, 70 some pounds. So puppy pads ain't going to do it. I need a, a puppy moving pad or something. Right. Fuck. Puppy mattress. <laughs> <laughs> right. Damn. Come on now. But yeah, it's been like an up and down thing for the last week. And it's like, damn. Oh, I, I guess we could probably talk about the picture you sent me. Then I almost shit my pants. That's pretty <laughs> dramatic. I forgot about that. <laughs> okay, so it kind of uh, goes with our theme. Yeah, Crying yeah. And shit. So yeah. it's a spooky, spooky thing. But uh, spooky. Uh, we're gonna sidebar just a second. So she was talking about not being able to sleep very well or whatever, and I said, "Oh, did you see Hatman?" And she's like, "No, what the fuck is that?" Like she had no idea what Hatman was. And for those of you who don't know, it's when you have sleep paralysis and a lot of people who have sleep paralysis see this figure whatever like in the corner of their room and it looks like a guy wearing a hat with like sometimes he has red eyes sometimes he doesn't and I sent her a picture and she said <laughs> I literally almost <laughs> shit my pants 
Yeah, I was not expecting it. And I, for one, am somebody that suffers from sleep paralysis. And I don't even like to talk about it because that usually triggers an episode when I talk about it. And I've never heard of this man with the hat. And I don't like his face. (laughs) (laughs) It was so funny. It was was the most terrifying thing that I've seen in a while. So, I mean, applause to you, because it takes a lot to get me to jump like that. Oh, my God. It was so funny. Like, on my end, the way that I read your text messages, her first message was like, don't send me shit like that. And then, (laughs) or she said, I almost shit my pants. And then she said, don't send me stuff like that. And I just lost (laughs) it, dude. I I was like, what? I almost dropped my phone on my face. Like, it was bad. Like, I did not expect that to come in at all. I'm not a spooky person, but, you know, sometimes I'll be be just sending you some weird shit. I don't know. Oh, man. It was... That was so funny. So, for for those of you who have seen Hatman, you know what I'm talking about, but she had no idea. I think we should post a picture on socials for sure. Let these people know. Yeah, I I will definitely. I still have it. It's still in our, you know. Oh, yeah, it's on there. <laughs> He's on there. Still in our text message history. But anyways, so I'm going to give you half of my case. And my case is Dozier's School for Boys in Mariana, Florida. So this Florida, case, going to Florida, huh? Yeah, right. you know, they've been real problematic lately. So, you know, keep yeah. it on brand. <laughs> right. Anyways, so this school, in short, is a, um, it used to be called Florida School for Boys. So it is a institution for, you know, juvenile delinquents, whatever, but it's just for boys. And it operated from January 1st, 1900 to June 30th, 2011. Holy shit. Yeah, so it's been around for 111 years. And there was a second campus that opened in Okeechobee in 1955, which I didn't really do any research on that because it's not really worth my time or effort. A lot of people don't have information about the second campus as far as I saw, but... Uh, for a short period of time, it was the largest juvenile reform institution in the United States. So this place is actually pretty big. The, the photos of this reform school, there's no bars, there's no gates. It's all open. It's like freshly manicured lawns. It almost appeared to be like a school, um, like a college campus. Like that's what it looked like. Okay. So when you go there. As a young man, you're thinking, oh, this is great. You know, this is way better than what I'm living with right now, right? Right. And um, the boys will hear stuff like the school, there's football programs, summer camp, like activities, um, bunks and cabins. Like, Ooh, well, sounds sus. What's, sounds not, sus. what's not to like, right? Ugh. So... There's something that the boys just weren't anticipating, and it just it had an awful, awful, awful reputation. Uh, so there's a trigger warning. We're gonna talk about child abuse. We're gonna be talking about okay. rape, torture, and murder of children that went to this reform school. So 
not so great, but the boys who commit serious crimes like theft, abuse, um, like abuse of other kids or, you know, something, something more sinister, this is the place they'd call home, you know, for their sentence. So they would get sentenced right. for however many months or whatever. But there's also boys who are placed at the reform school that did simple stuff like truancy, smoking cigarettes at school, running away from home, like nothing really like actual crimes. In the the same fucking place? That's ridiculous. In the same exact place. And they divided these boys up by age group. So it wasn't like by, oh, this person may or may not have tried to murder someone. This person skipped school. It it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, so I read an article that talked about a man now uh, by the name of Willie Haynes. And a vehicle had been stolen from his neighborhood. Someone in the area said that they saw Willie driving it. So Willie was only 13. He didn't know how to drive, but he was like, all right, you know, whatever. My my home life is bad. Uh, if If something happens and they take me away, whatever. So they took him to court. And the judge didn't know he didn't know how to drive. He wasn't going to pretend like he knew how to drive or hotwire a vehicle, whatever. So the judge said he, he warned Billy to behave or he'd be sent to the reform school in Mariana, which everyone knew what it was. And this 13-year-old kid, Willie Haynes, shockingly said to the judge, why can't I go now? Let's, I just want to go right now. Okay. <laughs> So the judge was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Um, Right. Okay, so he heard that that the school had a band, football, possibly Boy Scouts. He's like, sounded like a great place to get reformed and didn't cost his parents any money. So he's like, whatever, you know, I guess that sounds good to me. So he kissed his mom goodbye and left to what was called the Florida School for Boys back in that time. Uh, He just went in the back of the cruiser. So he pulls up to the reform school. He's looking at those perfectly manicured lawns, tall pine trees. And uh, he thought, hey, it looks a hell of a lot better than my situation. So he signed the ledger. When you go in, you sign a ledger. William William Haynes Jr., April 11th, 1958. So, I mean, he's all all man now. Yeah. this place had different cottages that the boys were put into by age group, like I said. And uh, a lot of the guy, a lot of the boys who are now men have said there was a whole bunch of teenagers there. Like, obviously, that's where you want to find yourself. And obviously, teenagers, you got teenage angst, whatever. But some children were as young as nine years old that were there. Wow. Yeah. That is so young to be sending them to some sort of reform school. Right. And others as old as 20. Now, when they were around like 18, 19, 20, 21, whatever, um, this was later on, like after they had changed it from a reform school to like a juvenile facility. So um, now back to Willie. I got a whole thing about him. Okay. Back to Willie. So a boy escorted him to Tyler Cottage and told him to keep his belongings in locker 252. He gave, he was given a toothbrush, PJs, a military bunk to sleep in. And he thought to himself, oh, okay, you know, I, I'm going to get to know kids that are my age and 
Everything's going to be great. Uh, not even a week there, and Willie got caught up in a fight with some other boys. So they were bullying him outside the showers. And during the fight, one of the, co- they call them cottage fathers, which that in itself sounds creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, no kidding. Okay, I guess. So one of the cottage fathers came in and broke it up. And then he asked what happened and who started it. And Willie, he's like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't want to be no narc, you know. Right. He said he would rather be punished than be considered a narc. And in the article, it said, then to be considered a puke. And I thought that was funny because that's the time, you know, 1950s. A puke. Um, Don't want to be a puke. Don't want to be no puke. So uh, he didn't realize how they punished boys there because he's new, you know. So he was about to find out, though. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Where the boys were taken for punishment was called the White House. So the White House was painted white. And I didn't see if the name itself of the house was called White House or if the boys just called it that because it was it was a cinder block building and it was painted white. So I'm not okay. really sure. Uh, but that's where they took the boys that were misbehaving to get punished. And I'm going to post a picture of what the inside of this building looked like because it's like a hallway with a bunch of doors, right? It's like separate rooms. Like so, cells or... Maybe they're not cells because they didn't lock. But when I when I post the picture, you'll be able to see it. Okay. Um, Now, when entering the building, there was a certain smell about it. Oh, God. (laughs) So when you when you see the picture, make sure you uh, remember that a long hallway with what looks like seven different rooms. The building is constructed constructed with cinder blocks. So. I could only imagine it smells maybe like a moldy basement. It's humid as fuck in Florida. I can't imagine yeah. getting great air circulation in a cinder block building. Right. But, uh, in some pictures, there is bloody walls. And one picture in particular looks like a little bloody fingerprint, like smeared down the wall. It's like really fucked up. So. Willie will never forget this um, for the rest of his life. And he was told to lay down, hold the rail, and don't make a sound. So basically, they would lay down like you're getting ass whooping. Yeah. If that makes sense. Oh, the, yeah. The rooms themselves had like a bunk, like one's bunk, and then the rail that goes on the side of the bunk. So that's what mm-hmm. they're referring to. And... I told you, trigger warning, this is going to be real bad. So there's a strap that they used, and it was constructed of leather, natural leather, and it almost looked like what appeared to be a barber strap, and I know you know what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you could hear, he said you could hear the strap coming, starting with the pivot, the shuffle of boots on the concrete, Then the strap hit the wall, the ceiling, and landed on the boys with such force that some of the boys were lifted off the bed they were told to lay on. 
Oh, my God. So they were really, I mean, grown-ass men were punishing these boys for getting into a squabble in the shower. Jesus. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, it can't get any worse than this. It does. And Mm. when his punishment was concluded, Willie went back to Tyler Cottage to stand in the shower. They just go wash off, you know, whatever. He had to wash pieces of his underwear out of his wounds. That's how hard they hit him. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I don't, I can't even fathom getting hit that hard. But yeah, I can't even think. Ugh. These boys continuously have this happening to them. I don't, I don't even see how that's possible, but I don't know. Yeah. It's terrible. Now, after Willie's little story, I just want to go backtrack about the school itself. So the school created in 1900 as a reform school. It was originally called Florida State Reform School. In 1914, the name changed to Florida Industrial School for Boys. In 1957, it, the name changed again, and it just dropped the industrial, so it was just Florida School for Boys. Then, in 1967, the campus was named Arthur G. Dozier School for Boys in honor of a former superintendent for the school. So that was the last of the changing. I don't know if the reason why they changed it is because they were getting um, they were getting reported and people were coming to the school or if they were just changing it just because or tax purposes. I didn't really see anything why they would keep changing it, but right. I didn't hmm. find any information Prob- on that. Probably all the above. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So the campus was not fenced in. And uh, and I I'll post there's like a I want to say a postcard is I think what it is but there's a postcard advertising the school and you can oh, see cute. it looks it looks like an Ivy League school like from the picture it's really like ominous in a way for what's happening there but oh there always is and they're nice expensive rugs to kick shit under you know right. Mm. 159 acres this place was on. Damn. That's a shit ton. That's yeah, so much. I mean, you couldn't fence that much. You could, but that's a lot of acreage. And uh, there had been many, many reports of different unjust punishments, obviously. Uh, early on in the school, there were re- reports of young men, young boys getting kept in leg irons while they worked out in the yard doing yard work. Leg Leg irons? irons. Yeah, like chain gang leg irons. Oh, my God. Yeah, like they're 10, 11 years old in leg irons. I... (laughs) Right. How are they even able to move them? Right. No, that's what I mean. And then shovel or rake or whatever they're doing, it's ridiculous, honestly. Just to think of that. But back then, it was something that they did. And so after a while, they would get, you know, like someone would come in and do like some sort of inspection and then they would fail the inspection, but it wasn't bad enough where they weren't getting like reprimanded or fined or anything. 
And um, I was going to do some more deep diving into this because it's still an ongoing thing. Now, there was a PBS special that I was watching and I literally had to turn it off. And there's, I think it's like a two-part series and they're an hour-long episode. And it's the first episode, at least what I saw, was two men that went to the school and they are part of what I, this group that they put together is called the White House Boys and it's for like survivors of the school um, because these, these guys' stories are, I couldn't even listen to half of them because I was like, it was starting to make my stomach turn a little bit. Like, I cannot even believe that these guys came, came out of that. Right. And so the one guy, he, there's a host, um, and I forget her name. She's from Florida. And they were just doing a piece on the White House boys and Dozier School for Boys. But uh, they were talking about, like, their first days there and then other things that they've encountered, one of which was rape. And they didn't even... Obviously, it's a fucking PBS show. They were not trying to have any of that, like, detail and the PBS version. So she, oh, right, was like, yeah. she was like, oh yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. You don't have to, you don't have to continue. Like she had to keep saying like, this is graphic. This is not for younger viewers. Like she had to keep like interrupting why the, them. Why the fuck is it on PBS of all stations? PBS? Come on. Yeah. It was like, it was like a news show or whatever. I'll, uh, I, I'll probably post like the first link whatever the the first series set set of the series but um it's just them uh, on the studio stage just talking and I forget the guy's name and I'm sure I'll remember it once we're done recording but he was talking about his first night and he was saying that he was talking to the boys about how many lashes is what they call it it how many lashes you get because he he didn't know you know, he didn't know it was it was that bad. But kids that are caught running away or trying to run away or like get caught in the woods or whatever, they get a hundred lashes. Oh, my God. A hundred. There would be nothing left of those underwear if that was yeah. the case. That's a I shit mean, ton. Well, a leather strap like that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. How in the fuck? And this is even crazier. The man that doled out his first punishment was a man with one arm. And I'm not going to spoil like his name or anything because I'm going to talk about it in the next episode. But when he was getting punished for something that he really didn't have any part of, uh, he was... He, he wanted to look around. He wanted to look behind him to see, like, what he was being hit with because he had no idea. He's like, I don't even know. He's young. He's 13 or 14, I think he said, and he had no idea what could be hitting him that hard. So after they tell you to lay down and be quiet and bite the pillow and stuff like that, which is totally sickening. Yeah. He, he looked back, and he got beat up so badly by this man with one arm 
His arm must have been absolutely massive from doing that shit. Oh my but, god, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to end it, because this is going to be a quick, you know, 30 minute whatever. Uh, there are, there were th- over 30 unmarked graves on the campus. So there are children and some adults that are buried on the campus of Dozier School for Boys. Now, there are a lot of families that have requested to exhume these bodies to see if they're their relatives because there wasn't a lot of information on the people that died there. There's a few, one of which is a um, flu epidemic, uh, Spanish flu, I believe, or okay. s- something something to that effect. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely look it up and make sure that I'm saying wh- whatever flu is right, but there were some that died from that that are buried on the campus, and there's also some that died from a fire, and those were some of the adults and children. So out of, I think it was 14 that they said, there's still others that aren't identified that are buried in unmarked graves. And these graves are, they almost look like PVC pipe that are fastened together. Like they don't really look like there's no names. There's no nothing. They're just dirty and stuck in the ground. And it's really like, it's really, really ominous. And uh, I'm going to spoil a little bit for you. They're not the only ones that are buried there. There's more oh than that. Oh, God. I'm not going to tell you how many more, but there's more that are buried on the grounds. So they, um, the owners of the property, were going to sell the property just not that long ago. I want to say 2016, maybe. Oh, shit. Recently, yeah. yeah. So because there was a hurricane and it destroyed a lot of the acreage and the buildings and they were condemned. You couldn't go in there. Um, They were going to sell pieces of the property and family members of people who went to that school back then, whenever said, Oh no, I want my family members body exhumed. So until you find it, you can't sell the property. So now until you find it. Oh my God. So so it's still going on now, but they were unable to sell the property because they want to make sure that whoever they're trying to look for, which I don't think I've seen any names just yet, but uh, they want to make sure that they are not there for sure before they sell the property. Oh, God. So, So yeah, it's good. Did they notify? Did they notify the families if like these people that were passed away from the flu or the fire? I mean, was so, any families notified at all? So the people that were, um, that did die from the flu epidemic and the fire, those were all recorded. So oh, okay, yeah. so there's so, just yes. other ones. Oh, but okay. there are other boys that just ran away. They said, oh, they ran away. I don't know what happened. We released them. I don't know why they didn't come back to you. Right. And it's really okay. it's really hard without doing a proper DNA sampling. I mean, this was years ago. So 
Right. I'm sure they didn't bury them in anything really substantial. And Oh, uh, probably not. No. And so when you think about it, the only way to identify that and and causes of death is to want exhume the bodies and do DNA sampling because there's no other way. I mean, right. dental wor- records possibly. But right, and you can tell I mean you can tell if like the bones have been singed or you know what I mean like Yes. Yeah. But other than that, I mean there's not a whole lot. Right. For how right, long they've exactly. probably been in there. And there are instances where I've read that um like if if one of the boys died there, they would they said, Oh well we sent the body to you. Oh right. Like in the mail? <laughs> right. You? Right, Fucking exactly. UPS? Yeah. I'm not really Amazon sure Prime? how funky their corner is, but uh I I would highly, highly doubt that they're, you know, shipping bodies USPS. Right. Right. <laughs> so, I mean um, flashback to Jackson, Michigan with uh <laughs> yeah. Well, Kip up there putting shit in Amazon Prime boxes. I mean, yeah, what the fuck? Absolutely absolutely not. <laughs> so, with with that, um I'm going to end it. I'm going to end it right there. It's going to be a short episode. People got to get to bed. But we are going to keep covering this. I mean, the other episode might be a little bit longer. It might be three-parter, who knows. You know, we're just trying to kill some time, but uh we this case to me is very interesting because it's been swept under the rug for 111 years. That's a yeah, long, I'm long time. Fully intrigued because I've never heard of anything about this. So I, stum- this is- I stumbled upon it and I I think there was an article maybe on Yahoo News or something and I'm like, what the hell is that? And it's basically a lawsuit that the White House boys are you know, going through the process, going through the motions and things like that. But it's just, it's so much deeper than that. It's so much yeah, deeper. So, sure. yeah. Uh, stay, you know, stay tuned for part two because it's coming out next Tuesday. And uh, it's going to be even more graphic because I'm going to tell the stories of those two men that were on the PBS special. <laughs> and yeah, don't eat anything really solid because I'm sure you're going to want to throw up in your mouth after you hear some of this. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that's pretty bad. But, you know, we had to give it to you. Spooky season is fast approaching. And I'm really, really hoping that Texas decides that it's going to stop having 100 degree days. Not today, but soon. (laughs) Soon, fingers crossed. Very, very warm here. But anyways... You know, I'm just going to plug some things. I'm going to do our business. We're going to get the hell out of here. So Facebook, Dramatic Illusion Podcast. Instagram, The Dramatic Illusion Podcast. We got Tuesday's Speakeasy. It's meme-centric. Let's not let's not bullshit. I mean, we just talk shit on there. <laughs> but it's a lot fine. of fun. Yeah, we have a good time doing it. Uh, anyone can post as long as it's not about politics because we don't need to hear none of that. So our... Uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, we've been doing pretty good. We've been doing pretty yeah. good on Apple Podcasts. Uh, yeah, we I've have. Just, so thank you for those five stars and those yeah, comments. It's, it's very, very nice to see. Like, it just pops up. I'm like, oh, my God, that's new. I haven't seen that before. So, I know. It's really exciting. It's like Christmas. Yeah. 
I know. I love Christmas. Or gay love- Christmas, like Halloween, my favorite. Yay. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love gifts. Um, and then our merchandise. So we are going to transition to fall stuff. We still have a shit ton of tank tops. So if you want a tank top, we got a whole bunch of tank tops. We do have t-shirts still, but not very many, honestly. And we're going to switch over to sweats, hoodies, you know, fall type stuff, winter type stuff. Right. And we're excited to do that. It's going to be on our website, dramaticillusionpodcast.com. Don't forget. And with that being said, don't forget to be original. Stay dramatic. And as always, we'll we'll see see you next Tuesday. Tuesday.